0: Hey guys, we just want you to know that our episode was recorded a few weeks ago. We know times are especially tough. Right now, Jade and I don't pretend to have any of the answers or know the exact things to say. We do want you to know that we are donating our profits of this episode of Mommy's Tell All to the official George Floyd Memorial Fund to help in a small way, as well as having a bigger discussion on next week's episode about everything going on right now. We love you guys, and we hope you are all staying safe, listening, and loving everyone you can in these dark
1: times. Hey, guys. It's Carly. And this is Jade. Welcome to Mommy's Tell All. Today we are going to talk with
0: author and producer Donna Britt. I'm so excited. She is like a foodie and she works with a bunch of country music people. Two things I love dearly. She also loves southern food and I live in Nashville. I love all the things. Anyway, even though I am in Nashville, Jade, I feel like I'm dreaming every day of like being somewhere else. Do you feel that?
1: Yes, I follow these Instagram travel pages. Oh, yeah. And last night I sent one to Tanner that was this like gorgeous place in Maldives, which is definitely oh like a far guess. reach, right? But I was like, oh, my God, can you imagine being there right now? That water is so <laughs> clear. And they're just like, is it those like
0: houses on the water? Yes. They have, like, the clear floors that you just look down in the clear water. This one was, like,
1: a double. It was, like, two stories, and it had a slide that went down into the water in its its own private pool. And you ride bikes over to, like, the main part of the resort, and it just looked like heaven. I was like, we need to take a trip, one with the family and one without once all this is over.
0: You know what's so sad? When I was living... On cruise ships, we went one time to the Maldives and on cruise ships, you, well, on this particular ship, we had different colors. And so, like, if you were a yellow, you could get off the boat that day and it's only a certain number of people are yellows or if you're red. And we got to the Maldives and I didn't know the Maldives are awesome and I had swapped with somebody because I wanted to get out like the next port and so then I was like looking out my window and I was like, this is gorgeous. I cannot believe I did swapsies for someone. And I still regret my
1: swapsies. Well, maybe you and I should take a trip to the Maldives. Okay. <laughs> Let's go. Tanner, <laughs> I recant my offer to you. I'm taking and I'm now taking Carly. it's mine.
0: I mean, gosh, a girl's trip would be so amazing. That's what we need. I know. Let's just start planning girl's trip i mean we had one planned to new york which i'm still sad is makes me that never happened i don't know i feel like every day especially on the weekends i feel like i wake up and i'm like today i am sitting at a cafe in rome and they just brought me a carafe of wine and they brought me a big thing of buffalo mozzarella with the most beautiful tomatoes with olive oil and balsamic vinegar and a big thing of basil. And I am just going to drink this entire carafe and I'm going to watch the pedestrians walk by and I'm going to like take in the beautiful sunshine. And like, that's what I do for like a solid minute. And I feel like for a moment, even if it's only one second, like I can transport myself there and then it's back to reality. But I do feel like I'm having all these dreams of the places I'm going to go. And I can't. I can convince myself I'm there for like a half of a second.
1: Yes, that sounds so nice. Plus, <laughs> all that food you're talking about is making me, this pregnant lady, really, really hungry.
0: Oh, I made Evan get me some balls of mozzarella the oh, other the- day. I was like, I need mozzarella balls.
1: With balsamic. That sounds so good right now. It's
0: so oh, good. And ch- a basil plant.
1: And it's When cherry you get the actual tomato. plant
0: with the real yes. leaves. Oh, man. I'll even it's put like it heaven. on the little
1: fancy toothpicks.
0: You should. I can't find my toothpicks, but I would do that if
1: I had, if I could find them. Well, I think talking about food is an appropriate place to introduce our guests, since she is a yes, food connoisseur. Absolutely. Yeah, so
0: we are going to talk to mom of two. Um, She has two that are now in their 20s, so we'll have to ask, you know, all of the questions about I need, does it get easier? I need to pick your brain. Yes. Um, and she also co-wrote the book, Cooking It with Kicks, Kicks Brooks. So I'm so excited to talk to her about that.
1: Okay, let's take a quick break and we'll get Donna from our virtual green room.
0: Your children are in their twenties now, yeah. is that right?
2: They are. Oh my gosh.
0: Does it get easier?
2: <laughs> We're exhausted. You know, in some ways, yes. And in other ways, it's just it's just challenging in different ways. But as far as like, you know, day to day, it's great that they're like on their own and they I don't have to change their diapers. But there are other things that come up that are more grown up that sometimes you're thinking like, oh, gosh, I hope I have enough brain power to help them on this one.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, we're worried about like everything with our children. Are there things that you worry about now with like kids in their 20s that? Yeah. I don't know. What is your biggest worry, I guess? Oh, my gosh.
2: Well, let's back up to when they start driving. That's when things really change. change. (laughs) But I would say now it's just like, you know, I remember like I'll think, oh, gosh, I remember when I was at that point in my life and things that were affecting me and things that I w- was concerned about. So I try to remember and put it in perspective. But, you know, you just worry like, oh, gosh, is, is their work going OK? And is this a good relationship for them to be in? And, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? And Relationships. Are they right. That's a big one. Yeah, because sometimes you can see it coming like, oh, my gosh, this is not such a great choice, but you can't really do anything about it. Really? I mean, you could, but they would be pissed off. Oh, 100%. I mean, you can and say you want, something. You want
0: to be there for them by giving, but just give them small doses of advice and in well, like a
2: positive way and hope they make the right decision. Well, and I had to learn that you really have to wait until they ask you for it. And oh, and, yeah. and they ask indirectly. So you have to kind of figure that out. But they take it a lot better if you wait until they ask. So that's a different kind of patience, you know? Oh, totally.
0: <laughs> Do you have a favorite age so far?
2: Was your favorite age? 18 months was pretty fun because because they're walking around and they're happy, you know, and that's really fun. And I've always kind of been like a baby mom, like I like the baby thing because you're kind of more in control. So once it starts to get out of control, is when you know for me. But everybody's different. I have friends who love the teenage years because they just love teenagers, and then I have friends who really dig it that their kids are now you know young adults and. Um, but for me, I, I like the little times and like I hopefully one of these days or decades, you know, I get to be a grandma, but whatever. But I like the baby time. But I think each stage has its special qualities. So it's just about being able sure. to get past the chaos and tune into that. Time.
0: Yeah, that's true. You know? So you have a wide variety of many things. You're a very <laughs> accomplished woman. Well, I um, know about that. I mean, I know about that. But I was going to ask you um, so you've written a few cookbooks, you're a girl from the South. Correct. I um, am from Texas, so I love Southern cooking. I'm not a very exploratory person in the kitchen, especially Mm -hmm. when trying to feed my kids. You know, my daughter loves like French fries and chicken nuggets.
2: And how do you even start in the kitchen with kids cooking food that they will actually like? Well, first of all, I have to say my kids were just a year and a half apart and they never liked the same things and they never wanted to eat the same things. And it was really, a pain. But I think because I come from a food culture coming from the South and because I kind of grew up in it and I love it and, and I think food is love and all that stuff that what I would try to do, and, and I think it works, and when I talk to chefs and people who are really into food and 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 really, you know, I meet kids who are, have this great palate, and I ask their parents, what the heck? And it's because they include them. So even when they're little bitty, you know, you can bring them in and let them play with the pots and pans. And then a little bit later, they can help you bake or they can stir something. And so you get them involved. And I think that's number one. And number two, if you have a picky, picky picky pants which everybody's got one um oh yeah you just kind of got to diffuse it like if they go eh, I'm not going to eat that say okay well that's fine we're having these other things so you can eat these other things or mm. or maybe instead of like taking a hard line like my kid's dad and we you know we divorced when they were really little he would say well then you're going to go to bed hungry and I couldn't really do that cuz I just didn't believe that so but my thing was like well you know if you don't like anything we have on the table you can go make yourself peanut butter and jelly and this you just let it go because i all i really kind of think a lot of times that picky stuff is more about control it's really not about whether or not they like it that's what i think Ah, you get what i mean yeah like, i
0: agree with that it's like if a kid sits down and they've already decided that they're not going to eat they're not going to eat regardless of if you put their favorite food on the table
2: well and here's the thing just say, th- no think <laughs> about i don't know how old are your kids how old are they we both have like You have like a a two-and-a-half-year-old. My
1: daughter's she'll be three in August, and then I have an uh, almost 10-month-old, yeah.
2: Well, now think about it. So you're two or three. What can you really control in your life, you know? Usually your mom's dressing you. Everybody's putting you where they want you to be. And maybe you're mobile, but other than throwing your toys, you know, about the only thing that you can start to put your foot down about is whether or not you open your mouth and put something in it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So some personalities – when they're, they figure that out and they're like, hmm, boy, I can control that. So they do it. So mm-hmm. it's not even about, I don't like this or I don't like that. They say that because what else are they going to say? That's all they know to say. So right. I really do think that's true. And I've seen like my stepson as he's gotten older and now he's 15 and he's starting to be a little less picky, but he's still really weird with food. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so not, it's not that he doesn't like it. It's because he can be in control of something. So you just you just kind of gloss over it. And you, I don't think you should go in and make a whole nother meal for that kid, you know? Yeah, I totally agree. You would yeah, just... otherwise you'll be in the kitchen all day. Well, <laughs> and, then you, and then you start jumping through the hoops, you know? I see some young parents, right. and it's so funny because you just being a little bit removed from that time zone, I'm like, gosh, your kid is running the show here. Are you serious? And at the same time, I let my kids run the show way too often, but I think you have to be careful. It's like they need to understand that, you know, not like really old school, like when I was a little kid and it was like, well, I said so, and that's why. And it was like super controlling and there was a lot of fear. I don't believe in that, but I think they have right. to understand like, oh, well, you know what? Mom knows more because she's my mom. So yep, yeah, right now I got to do what she's saying and she's running it. So I think that's a really important thing for Especially moms to remember because we're so nurturing and we're so into it, you know. It's really easy for us to um, give our lives. We sacrifice ourselves for our kids. Oh, completely. Right? They have us wrapped around their
0: fingers. Yeah.
2: Like, they really do. Right. (laughs) And I think that if anything, if I could go back and do anything over, it would be okay, I want to channel a little bit more of that, just really encouraging them to be more independent sooner and to not be afraid to let go. In a safe way, of course, because, you know, safety first. But but those kinds of things where, but at the same time, if you really need to take care of yourself, if there's something that you really need to do, and that means that the kid might not get to do what they want to do, that's okay. You know, that's okay.
1: Yeah, I saw this on Instagram. It was like a a meme or whatever. It was a picture that someone had drawn and it shows like all the children's needs, like needs. That need to be met by a baby and it was like quality sleep good meals like all these things and then it turned around and it said things that mothers need and it listed the same things and it's like we put ourselves on the back burner so often but then like the things that our children need to be happy little humans are things that we need too but we feel so guilty about giving ourselves those things giving ourselves those things.
2: Well, here's I'm going to say this right now, lose the guilt. It took lots of years in counseling and somebody beating that into my head, but it's just uh, a word in the dictionary. It's so hard. Yeah, but you got to lose the guilt. And here's the thing. There's a difference between knowing that you need to do something and being responsible and then being driven by guilt. And just like in all other aspects of our life, being a mama, it's like tune into your intuition. Like you know. You know when they're manipulating you. You know when they're working you. You know when they really need you tune into that, right? You know the difference. That's so smart, oh yeah. You know the difference between a real cry and a fake cry, that's all I'm saying. Oh, Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Oh, 100%. (laughs) So you've worked in
0: radio, TV, you've been a producer, now you're an author. One, how did you do all of that while raising children? How did you balance that?
2: And two, is that, do you think where the guilt came from? Part of it, yes, um, from being having lots of things to juggle. The other part is that, you know, I was split up from their dad. And so they were, and it wasn't a good split. Like we shared them. They went mm. back and forth, which is so uh-huh. ridiculous. Now, looking back, they were so stressed out by that. and And he and I did not have a good thing. I mean, I was very naive. I thought, oh, it'll be fine. We'll split up and we'll share the kids. Well, it didn't really go that way. And, you know, I'm going to blame him for 99.9% of it, of course. But, <laughs> of course. <laughs> but that's a different story. But I think, um, <laughs> and it's a pretty good one, which I'll tell you sometime. So I think most of mine came from, I knew they were stressed out already. So I, was tr- mm-hmm. I, did, I just wanted to bend over backwards because I wanted them to be happy and have fun. Right. And I think I went overboard on that. And then he was exactly the opposite. He was super tough, super disciplinary and very punishing. Mm. And so that's most of my guilt came from that stuff. And then. Oh, that makes sense. Right. And then and then, yeah, I was super busy and I always had this fantasy that I wanted to homeschool my kids and be with them all the time. And I wasn't able to do that. And now people are being forced to do it and they're going like, oh, my God. <laughs> I know. It's
0: so funny. I'm sitting over here laughing because I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's how people are right now. Uh-huh. I'm so thankful. I'm like, I don't have to do that because she's
2: too. <laughs> I know. So, um, so yeah, I, of course I felt guilt. And of course, sometimes I would be the kind of person where I would just try to do all of the things for them. And then sometimes I would just be working all night long at home after they went to bed or whatever. Um, and then
0: you were completely exhausted.
2: Yeah, I think I'm still recovering. You know, I uh, joke with people all the time. I have PTSD from the, those years. You know, I'm still, all these years later, several years later, I'm still not fully recovered from that intensity. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, we do what we got to do to get through. You know, and then after you get through, you're kind of left with all the stuff to unpack.
2: But here, I'll tell you this: No matter how great you are, how awesome you are, if you if you get gold stars and all the parenting columns, they're still going to be upset with you about something at some point in time. For real. I'm not kidding.
1: Oh, that's like my parents like favorite quote. My dad would always used to say that, especially when I was a teenager and rebelling and all this stuff and like used to say like, you're terrible or whatever. My dad would be like, you could be the most perfect parent, do everything right. And there's still something that's going to like, that's going to be like, your kid looks at you and says, you messed up this.
2: Oh, check this out. So so for me, when I was getting ready to go to college, you know, there wasn't a lot of money. So I had to work full time and put myself through school. And it was really stressful. So I always made a vow to myself, if I ever have kids, I'm going to make sure they go to college and it's all paid for and they don't have to work hard, blah, 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 blah. So and my daughter, you know, she wanted to go to college from the time she was like in kindergarten. That's all she talked about. And she wanted to go to this, you know, private liberal arts school up in New England. And it was going to be a bazillion dollars. And I was like, OK, OK we're gonna make it happen we we made it happen she went up there for a year she called me up she goes i don't like it i want to come home i was like okay so she ended up going to mtsu middle tennessee right that's where she finished school well my daughter was an actress and a singer so she has a degree in french and theater right so (laughs) it's amazing i know but check this out so a couple years ago she just graduated she called me up she goes i'm so pissed at you and i'm like what what have I done now? And she goes, I can't believe. And and this was me. I paid cash for college, right? She got one tiny loan and that's it. And so she calls me up and she's mad. And she's like, you should have told me that I should have majored in something practical, like accounting. (laughs) And I was like, seriously, I go, wait a minute, time out. I go, you think you would have done that if I would have said you can only, I'm only going to pay if you're going to, you know, and then she goes. And by the way, you shouldn't have paid for my college because I, you know what? I don't even appreciate it, and I have a worthless degree. She went on and on, and a part of me, I started to get upset, and then I just started laughing. And I go, you probably need to call somebody else and lodge this complaint. You know, no kidding. <laughs> but it, but but my thing is like, I don't like it when they're upset with me. I still don't, and I never did when they yeah. were little. And I wish I would have just been better at that and thought this isn't a big deal. So what? They're upset.
0: As a musical theater major who dropped out of two different colleges as a musical theater major, <laughs> I totally understand now looking back and being like, oh, I
2: should have finished college and I should have done business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just crazy. Uh, it's so
0: funny. Yeah. It I know parents
2: fickle. who made their kids do certain things and their kids resent the heck out of them. So, you oh, yeah. And you, yeah, you I never would have listened either. And you just can't win. That's just it. I mean, you might as well, we might, might as well all wear a t shirt that says, I'm a mom, I can't win. You know. Oh, hundred that's a great let's let's make that, Jane. It's like there's yeah, no chance of me winning. You're both married, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you have someone who's supposedly helping you, right? Except <laughs> yeah,
0: and <that's> <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about them here?
0: Oh yes. We can oh, can whatever we want. <laughs> That's why I'm hiding in the closet in my house right
2: now. No, you're not hiding in the closet. Oh, no, I am. I'm looking at all my clothes that I
0: haven't worn in years. I used to go in my closet
2: and cry. Like that was my place to go to, you know, when my kids were little. I would just go to my closet and sit in there and just, you know, go, okay,
0: okay, everything's going to be okay. Oh, I know. I yes the closet feels like a safe place and then when you say it out loud you're like I was crying in the closet you're like oh that's sad that's really sad yeah
2: no it's not bad (laughs) we all we all have to have a place to go cry because you have to cry and the other thing too I wish I would have had even more of a sense of humor because it's so hard to get wrapped up and caught up in the chaos of whatever's happening and I just wish I could have been I mean we have a pretty loud funny family anyway but I wish I could have been even lighter hearted you know
0: oh yeah yeah it's it's just so hard when you're in the moment and they we were talking about this earlier when you just want to sit down and like eat breakfast and your kid just mommy come play mommy come run mommy mommy can I have a bite of that mommy I want that and you're just like can I just I just woke up I haven't even had a sip of my coffee, and I just want to take one bite of this cereal. And like in that moment, you're just like so overwhelmed.
2: I call it the mommy diet because I really only ate bites off my kids' plates when they were finally off doing something else. And I was-
1: Which is so sad because you're a cook.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I'm making up for it now. You trust me on that one.
1: I have eaten so many crusts off of like peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for my daughters for my daughter because she doesn't like them and then I just end up just eating them. That's, right. That's my nutrition. That's right. So <laughs> your your son is a chef. He is. Now. Yes. <laughs> he how is. um okay, so there's so many
0: questions. The first one I want to ask is who taught you how to cook? Like my mom did not teach me how to cook
2: neither did my you, mom where
0: did this inspiration come from um,
2: my granny you know my grandma I'm um, S- a southern granny you know with fried chicken and all mm. that so you know my mom was definitely a modern woman a you know a, a independent wanted to get away from all the farm and all that stuff and so she was buying all the convenience foods and mm-hmm. she just wasn't into it and so it was my gotcha. granny and I spent a lot of time with her we lived in the same town luckily and um so That's she kind of yeah and she instilled that in me so you know, I always had this idea, I'm still going to do it someday of writing this play called The Table, because everything happened in my granny's house around the kitchen table. So whatever was was going on, you know, even as you got older, she would say, Oh, let's have a coffee break. So you'd have coffee and then whatever, you know, things she had baked. And so it was my granny, and she was one of those that she cooked by feel, you know, she learned to cook um, just from scratch, uh, growing up in the depression. And so Mm -hmm. that was my first kind of like, oh, and 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 the connection of food and family and, you know, all of that. And then I just kind of over the years, I realized that, you know, I just I love to eat. And if you love to eat, you want to eat something that tastes good. And being in the right. kitchen was sort of like my calming downtime. Like that was my time. Mm. You know, all my friends are like, oh, my God, I have to go home. I have to make dinner. And oh, God, oh, my God. And I'd be thinking like, I can hardly wait to get home and go in the kitchen because th- that was like my zone. You know, and like that's I so said, fun. yeah. And then I would always have it where if my kids weren't into helping me, because some days they're just not. That, that's where their art supplies would be, so they'd be at the kitchen table drawing I or painting. That idea, yeah. yeah. Or we always, you know, we always had instruments in the house, so it would be, you know, they'd be on the piano, or so they're they're doing that while I'm cooking, and that's my kind of relaxing time. You know, mm. does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. That sounds
1: amazing.
0: Is there a favorite dish that she taught you that you make often like when your kids come over for dinner?
2: Yeah, kind of a riff on, on it. You know, my granny can fry chicken like nobody's business. And fried chicken is not something you can get outside of the South, really everywhere. So, but here's the thing. I only fry chicken a couple of times a year and usually it's for like my son's birthday or something like that. And I also have my own take on it. I do this pecan crusted oven fried chicken Which is it's really amazing right now. Yeah. So I do that sometimes in lieu of the frying of the chicken, even though really frying chicken yeah. is not that hard, but you do have to heat up oil and do all that business. So, but yeah, fried chicken. And then, you know, she made like cornbread and biscuits. And she did this one thing that's crazy that I made for my kids when they were little. They haven't asked for this in a long time. And it was chocolate gravy. So it's like, it's. it's wow. Oh. I know. It's like a dessert for breakfast, really. So it's like you make biscuits and you put chocolate gravy on it. So it's with cocoa and butter and sugar. Isn't that stupid? And so um, but yeah, so it it just those are those are the things I think that are her hallmark, you know, her hallmark things. And she also some baked goods. Like she does this applesauce cake and this chocolate cake. So, you know, all those things are so good for us.
1: I'm all about desserts. Um, (laughs) Nothing tastes better than grandma's cooking too. There's something, it's not just like the taste. It's all the like nostalgia and the comfort and the love. There's just something about it that's just so, I don't know, it just gives you all the warm, good feelings. Don't
2: you think so? My mom
0: makes, my favorite food has always been chicken fried steak. And I realized I had to be gluten-free like, gosh five years ago and but my mom has made gluten-free chicken fried steak for oh, me now and I so still great. like whenever she says hey I think I'm gonna make chicken fried steak tonight it's just like overwhelming yeah. I'm like
2: oh my gosh chicken fried steak now you where does like, your mom live is she close by do you get to do that a lot yeah
0: she lives like yeah like five minutes away
2: oh <laughs> uh, that's perfect good for you
1: Um, I want to kind of jump back into um, talking about your life as a single mom when you were raising your children, because we have so many listeners out there that are single moms right now for many different reasons or different situations. But what would be like your one piece of advice that you've learned from being a single mom? I mean, I I rely on my husband so much, I can't even imagine.
2: Yeah. The thing I learned was that you don't have to be so hard on yourself. Like you just, you do the best you can with the information you have at the time. And you just have to give yourself credit for that. And yeah, sure, there are times when you look back and you go, oh my gosh, I screwed this up. Oh my gosh, I screwed that up. But I, I, I had said that to my kids a couple of times, um, you know, since they've been older. And finally, my son set me real straight not too long ago. He goes, mom, he goes, when you say that, like you think you messed up, it makes me feel like I'm not doing well and he goes and it 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 makes me feel weird and he goes you don't need to say that anymore and so i finally got it when he did that i was like oh i don't need to say that i need to know that i did the best i could with the information i had at the time and and then just let it go, move on down the road. So so that's it. Just if you're in the throes of it and you're by yourself and you're trying to do it. First of all, I was an idiot for not moving back closer to my family sooner. But I was afraid, um, you know, that I wanted them to have their dad in their lives and all this. And he was threatening me. If I took them away, he was going to take me to court, which he never would have done. But at the time, I believed him. So I was didn't have my support system and I wish I would have gotten back to the South sooner where I had my mom and my brothers and and my family, because I think that is lean on them. They want you to lean on them. So don't be afraid of that. But if you are like like me and you're by yourself and you don't have a huge support system, um, you know, try to create one. Meet other single moms. Help each other. Lean on each other. Don't be afraid to ask for um, help when you need it. Um, I think that's really important. We, we try to be super woman and that's silly. We don't need to do that.
1: I think that's perfect advice. Thank you. I don't
2: know if it's perfect, but that's just. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's real and honest and that's what people, you know, need to hear because that is their real lives, you know.
2: Yeah. And it is really, really hard. I mean, when you're in it, you're just surviving uh, a lot of times and it doesn't matter. You can have all the money in the world. You can, your kids can be going to the best schools, all this, that, and the other, but emotionally and mentally, you know, you're just, you're just carrying a big load. um, And you just need to really be gentle with yourself um, all along the way. <laughs> you know, take a hot bath whenever you can.
0: Oh yeah, be Even with, your, if it's with your kids. That's oh my <laughs> my kids they wouldn't go. You would. get, gets one warm bath.
2: I know. I had to hold my daughter and take showers with her. She would not yep. let me go in the bathroom without her. And you could never go potty in privacy. I mean, it was just crazy. Oh, no. And now I have a three year old <laughs> chocolate lab, and I'm not kidding you. I'll be in the bathroom, and he's outside the door barking to come in, and I'm like, really? really (laughs) Really?
0: oh gosh my life is repeating itself (laughs) so so you have co-written several cookbooks one with Kix brooks and one Mm -hmm. with um johnny and june carter cash's son john Mm -hmm. how did those uh collaborations happen like what are some of your favorite recipes from those and also where can we find these books to buy
2: Yeah, I think you can just Google them, and it's going to take you somewhere. I know you can get both of them on Amazon. So it's Cooking It With Kicks and then um, the the Cash and Carter Family Cookbook. So easy to find them. And they're both really, really fun cookbooks. And um, Kix's is more of a kind of a party Louisiana atmosphere because he's from mm. Louisiana. Um, he owns a winery outside of Nashville. So yeah. we had a good time doing some, you know, doing the beverage chapter. Um, a lot of recipes that are from his family or just inspired by his roots. Um, his wife's uh, Barbara, her lemon bar recipes in there. And if you're into lemon bars or anybody in your family likes lemon bar, it's the best lemon bar and the easiest lemon bar I am ever.
1: I'm a lemon bar freak. It's a good like, one. My husband hates it, and I I'm obsessed. Yeah, it's I'm an obsessed easy- with Arrington Vineyards, his winery. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, his wine. Which oh, Jade and I have been to. It's fantastic yeah. wine. So it, <laughs> so good. And if you're into like, if you want to try some Louisiana stuff, like some, um, you know, jambalaya or whatever, there are some mm. of those kinds of recipes in there. There's a stuffed jalapeno popper recipe that's really oh, good. Gosh. And oh, cookbook. gosh, Cookbook. so good. Yeah. And then in the Cash Carter, it's really cool because of all the history. I mean, there are a lot that's of... so cool. A lot of candid photos in there that you've never seen before of Johnny and June and their family. Uh, John Carter t- tells a story about almost every recipe. And those are all from the families, either That's Johnny's family or June's family or John Carter's own family. And the thing that a lot of people don't know is that Johnny and June spent a third of the year every year in Jamaica. They had a place in Jamaica. So there are a, a whole bunch of Caribbean inspired recipes cool. in there. Yeah.
0: Funny. Oh, yeah. You never would think that.
2: Yeah, and then you know, um, and and June and her family—they were from you know the 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 Virginia kind of the Appalachian food, and so there's like this tomato gravy and the biscuit oh, recipe yeah. that's in there. Best biscuits I've ever had, even better than my granny's. So oh, I I won't tell her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she, she's in heaven. She knows, but it's okay. Um, so both of them are really, really good. And they were, it was just, a, um, both were such positive experiences. It was so fun. We even did the food shoot. So I worked with the photographer. Uh, the food photographer. So I did, I cooked the food and styled the food for all the pictures in both oh, cookbooks. Oh, that's
0: so cool. Yeah.
2: For the Cash Carter cookbook, we shot the food on June's China. It's her China.
0: Oh my god! So cool. At, How special. At
2: the Cash cabin that Johnny built back in the seventies for his that's amazing. getaway. And now it's a recording studio. So yeah, that was wow. really, really cool.
0: What a cool experience.
2: I know that's all I want to do now is just work on cookbooks, but you know, <laughs> Sometimes you have to fill in the gaps in between.
1: Food styling is so fascinating to me. It's amazing how you're every, such an artist. It's do it everything. an artist. It is. It's an art.
2: Well, yeah. and my thing is that, you know, a lot, um, I had to learn. I mean, I wasn't trained as a food stylist. So I, when I realized that, oh, they, and they asked me, we want you to, you know, uh, do this project. And not only do we want you to edit the, the the book and test all the recipes, but we want you to, you know, work with a photographer. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I started reading and studying and there's, it's a whole thing. And there are experts and, um, uh, but a lot of the, food pictures that you see, there are so many hacks and tricks and they aren't real food. So my thing was that I want to make real food. Like if somebody sees a picture in the cookbook that I worked on, I want them to see it the way it really turns out. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Because if you go to cook it and yours looks completely different, you're like, what the heck? And you, you get frustrated. So I will say in both those cookbooks, all of that was real edible food.
0: That's amazing. That I know fun. I've seen so many videos of like, you know, people spraying like weird wax on a fake turkey and you're like, that's not even like, yeah. that's just <laughs> fake. I can't even bite that.
2: Well, and so and you, and I get it. I mean, when you when you start to work on it, you realize, oh, my gosh, this is, you know, like ice cream. Oh, it's going to melt before we get the perfect picture or right. or whatever. And I, I totally get why they do it. And there are sometimes I think when you just have to if you're, you know, but there are other times where I think, no, I want it to look like it like it does when somebody actually would cook the recipe, because that way you, you get confidence. Otherwise, you cook it and you think, oh, I, mine didn't look right. And baloney. It, it looked great.
0: <laughs> well, I just have to say, you're t- such a testament to women out there that have kids, single moms who have accomplished so much already in their careers. And now you're doing something you absolutely love. That's just your job is something you love. Like a lot of people can't even say that. And you're at the height of your game. You're working with Kix Brooks and Johnny Cash's son. Like who can even say that? Well, here's the
2: deal. I think you have to keep reinventing yourself because you really start to identify heavily as a mother. To me, that's always my number one ID. I'm a mom. And like now I'll run into, you know, grown people and they'll go, are you JP's mom? I mean, that's how they know me. And it cracks Mm -hmm. me up because I'm like, oh my God, you know, here's a 25-year-old still calling me JP's mom, which I think is hysterical. But At the same time, and I was really struggling with this, I think, as my kids were like, you know, getting out on their own and and going to college and starting to create their own lives. I was still Mm -hmm. kind of like identifying a little too heavily and like that was my identity. And I had to go through some things and hit a few walls and realize that, oh, wait a second, I will always be their mama. It'll be always be my favorite number one job. But... I'm not done yet. I'm not dead yet and I'm not going to totally yes. right? yes. just sit here and bug. Right? And I'm not going to just sit here and bug them to have kids so I can be a grandma as cool as that'll be someday. I thought I right. still have I still have some juice in me to do something else, but I had to really I had to really allow myself that. Do you get what I mean? So, yeah. I oh, think that, I totally yeah.
0: know what you mean. Yeah,
2: so you guys are just in the thick of it and so you've got, you know, quite a few more years where you're just going to really be into it, but at the same time never lose yourself. You always need to feed your yeah. soul, always.
0: I've told I've told Jade a lot lately that this quarantine has helped me because I I sang on cruise ships right before I went on The Bachelor and that was 7 years ago and I haven't sang since then at all and this quarantine has kind of helped me stop and like start singing again. I'm like, I'm actually pretty thankful that because I miss this part of me, you know, and I love being a mother, but I also have dreams and goals, you know, like I want to be on Broadway when it opens back up. Like there's so many things that I still want to do that I do identify as a mom, but I'm also something else. Well, here's the thing.
2: And that's good for your kids to see. Because if they see you still going for something that inspires them, it really does. They may act like it doesn't, but it does.
0: Yeah. And I want my daughter to be whatever she wants.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, we want our kids to pursue their dreams and their desires. And you still as a Person, you're a human being with desires. You should be able to pursue pursue those as well.
2: Absolutely, and here's the thing too: is that they're gonna do, they're gonna be more impressed by what they see you do versus what they hear you say. So,
0: hundred percent.
2: You know, you can say all day, yes. "Oh, honey, you can do whatever you want," blah 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 blah. But if they see you not doing that, they're gonna go, "Hmm." Right. Um, because actions do speak louder than words. Hmm? You're so right. <laughs> <I'm> so <laughs> well. Right. <laughs> think so i don't know i don't know oh
0: well thank you so so much for being with us today it was such a delight to talk
2: to you oh you guys Um, are so sweet thank you
1: thank you so much
0: do you have anything else to leave us with today?
2: Um, just enjoy your little bambinos and their dirty diapers, <laughs> and you know, and 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 just in. And, and I would say this to anybody, even if I was talking to a dad who's a mom, whatever, it doesn't matter. It just as a human, as a person, when you're, you know, responsible for another little person's life, and you're and you're trying to navigate through, just, just. Just make sure that you are listening to your instincts and don't be afraid mm-hmm. to follow them. And that's whether you're you're you know in raising your kids or just living your life or if you want to keep singing whatever it is. And just if you do that, if you honor that inside yourself, then you're just going to be a light in the world, and we need lots of light. Amen. I love that. Thank, Thank you, Donna. You so so much, <laughs> Donna.
1: All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. We love you.
0: And please tell a friend about Mommy's Tell All. Thank you, everyone who has gone to Apple Podcasts and given us a five-star rating. Please also review. It helps other moms find the show. And we're climbing the charts.
1: We'll see you next week.
0: Bye. Thanks again. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.